Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this November 3rd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer between Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us tonight on TV 10. WRNR TV on YouTube will have EPAC Section 1 championship action as the Number one, Musselman Appleman hosts the number two, Hedgesville Eagles in volleyball. 6.45 pregame show, 7 p.m. for the start of the volleyball game. Colin and Dylan will be on the call for tonight's game. Uh, another another game between these two teams. Yeah, and you expected it all season long. Hopefully it's a fun one at Musselman. Uh, as we saw Musselman get a clean sweep over Spring Mills on Tuesday, they looked Really good from start to finish, especially in the uh, serve-receive for the Appleman. So hopefully they can continue to do that tonight. But on the other side, Hedgesville wants to finally be able to knock off the number one team in the state in Musselman because last year, the five times they met, they were unable to do so. This is the third meeting now this season, and hopefully after that we get two more. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I'm expecting a packed gym tonight, which will be interesting for us since I believe we have to, unfortunately, set up in the bleachers tonight so that they can have both sides of the bleachers open, expecting a huge crowd as usual when it's Musselman and Hedgesville doing battle in high school volleyball. Yeah, but Coach Marsh doesn't like those bleachers pulled out. Wow. He he's the one that said it's probably going to have to happen today. Dang! So your setup the other day wasn't bad. It wasn't, it wasn't ideal. Bad. It, it it was definitely difficult to see the court though, <laughs> being six feet behind the benches in the court side uh, PA announcer scores table, which we used to be right up alongside. That's a whole different story for a different day. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me, but. It is what it is. Oh, yes. Just reminded me of something else that needs to happen today. Yes. Yes. But on the other side, in Section 2, it, I believe, is Hampshire and Jefferson, correct? Yes, it is Jefferson hosting Hampshire, as Hampshire got the victory over Washington on Tuesday. So, that means that both of those teams also will be moving on to the regional tournament on Saturday. It just depends on who's the champion, who's the runner-up on both sides of who goes up against who. But it was a pretty solid season for Washington. We saw them improve uh, when we got to have them on TV10 as well as Martinsburg and Spring Mill. So hopefully they keep their heads high and cheer on whoever comes out of the region and heads to the state tournament. Yeah, but it will be a good match tonight on TV10. Unfortunately, our last volleyball match of the year uh, due to Martinsburg football being on Saturday 
we cannot broadcast a regional tournament, unfortunately, and that's kind of just how it is every year because usually it's Shepherd football. That is true. It has been for Cause the past way, few years. The way volleyball does their sectionals to regionals to states, I believe, is one in a week and a half, right? I think it's all push crunch down from Tuesday of one week to, I think, what, Friday of the next week? believe so. Maybe Saturday? The only time we actually got to do it was uh, during the COVID year. Yeah. Whenever... They had to do it on a Sunday. They had to do it on a Sunday? Yeah, they did it on a Sunday because of the color map. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. They They finally were allowed to. It was the last day before. Yeah, before it was going to be redone. That's crazy. I I wasn't obviously here for that. Uh, But it should be a good matchup tonight on TV 10 between number one Musselman and number two Hedgesville. Anticipate to see that matchup at least one more time after tonight. Uh, It'll be a 645 pregame show on TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube with the volleyball action getting started just after seven that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on their side of this break we're from two epac football coaches they get ready for the final week both teams uh in contention for the playoffs one team is definitely in the other team needs a victory to get in we'll talk about that we'll hear from those two coaches when we get back after this two minute break you're tuning in the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM But what was the takeaway in that loss? Yeah, um, you know, tough one. Uh, you know, we you you learn that you know we 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 learned that we got our butts kicked pretty good. Um, yeah, they uh, they came up and. and beat us in pretty good but uh you know at the same time uh i was you know taking away positives from the game uh i was really happy with kind of our team morale and um you know the kids uh stayed together you know you get you get beat like that especially when you get beat uh bad like that you know you kind of worry about you know how they're going to react and and you know how they're going to be you know, with each other or, or, you know, just how the attitudes will be. But, you know, we've maintained uh, positive attitudes and, you know, just kind of kind of keep moving on and, and you know, um, keep getting after it. Coach, you guys were uh, in that game for a good majority of the first half. At one point it was 28 to 21. What do you think kind of, I guess, allowed Bridgeport to pull away? Yeah, I um, mean, the first quarter uh, was really tight. You know, it was it was, it was back and forth. So it was like it was going to be a shootout uh, for a while, but you know, they they pulled away just because you know they they the stuff that they were sustaining on offense. You know, they were they were you know they were they were scoring their stuff and they were able to control the clock and they were able to execute. You know, we scored on some big plays and then some explosive plays. And you know, you're not going to score on uh, one or two or three play drives. Uh, every single time you get the ball. So they, they sustain stuff a lot better than we did. What have you guys been uh, trying to improve on this week 
as you gear up for the last game of the regular season? Yeah, uh, just you know, trying to trying to get better. You know, and you know the long the long haul and the long season of football. You know, you think like, well, you know, you, how much better can you really get? But you know, I, I think you can get better. You know, you can constantly get better. Um, you know, I did. You know, being an athlete. Uh, you know, in, you know, in life. You know, me as a coach. I, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm not perfect. You know, I I've been. You know, I've been head coach for 10 years now, and I still try to get better every single day. So, you know, trying to trying to preach to our guys that you still, uh, you know, you still got to get better. You still have to work. Uh, we still have a lot to work for. You know, we, you know, we told the kids we lost the football game. Like, you know, the 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 season didn't end. You know, the the you know last year we lost to Bridgeport. Um, you know, we were sitting here at this point last year, and we were we were three and six at this point last year, which is you know complete flip of what we are. This year we're six and three. You know, when we were three and six last year, we went into this Parkersburg game. We knew the season was over. So, um, you know, that, that's not the case this year. You know, we, um, you know, we're going to be in the playoffs. But so, you know, we still got a, we lost the game. You just got to bounce back. It is what it is. Um, you know, got, you know, got to continue to try to get better. And this week, you guys traveled to Parkersburg for the final game of the season. What have you seen from them so far? Yeah, they're, um, you know, their win-loss record, um, you know, they, they don't have a winning record. Um, and, and a lot of times that's just what people look at. You know, people kind of don't know the, the ins and outs about teams. They just see the record and they say, oh, well, they, you know, they must not be very good. But, you know, they've lost to some really good teams. You know, they're a good football team. Um, you know, they, they, have, they have some good athletes on their team. Uh, you know, defensively they mix some stuff up to kind of keep you guessing. So, uh, you know, like I said, they have a really tough schedule. Uh, they've lost to some really good teams. So, you know, you, you factor in that and then the, you know, the, the, the trip ahead of you, uh, where you got to travel, you know, you, you know, you're taking, you're taking 16, 17 year old kids four hours away from home on a bus all day. So you kind of, you know, you factor in all that stuff together. You, you got to, we got to be ready to play. If we're not ready to play, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, they, they can they can beat us. And, you know, if we come out ready to play and execute, you know, we could we could beat them. So, you know, I expect a good football game. What are some things that you've seen from Parkersburg that you need to execute on to be able to stop? Uh, they, you know, they do a lot of different stuff. They line up and about they, – they probably line up in more formations than anybody that we've played against all year. So, you know, you, you football – Football is really not that hard. It's really not that hard of a sport. You know, you have to line up correctly. Uh, if you don't line up correctly, people can find a way to, to uh, exploit, um, you know, your misalignments on defense. And then if you don't uh, get to the ball, you don't tackle well um, and, and not allow the big plays, then, you know, that's easy for them to score. So we got to make sure we line up correctly to all the things that we do. Uh, you know, we have to make sure that we play sound football uh, or else, you know, that they're they have enough guys that they're going to be able to move the ball and execute against us. Coach, when you look at your uh, schedule, currently six of the teams that you've played uh, would be in the playoffs right now. Um, Sharando would be if probably if they played in the state of West Virginia, uh, and there's still potential for Spring Mills and even Parkersburg with a small chance, but obviously you don't want them to beat you guys to get in. Uh, but. Uh, how do you think, I guess, like these losses to Wheeling Park and the losses to uh, Bridgeport this past week, while obviously you wanted to win those games, kind of give you a taste of what you'll see in the playoffs and just overall your schedule has been uh, against some of the better teams in the state so you have an idea of how far your team can go and what you've already seen this year? Yeah, good question. Uh, really good question. You know, when I, when I you know, when I first became the head coach, and, you know, we really started to kind of turn around and be a successful team. Uh, you know, we played a lot of teams that, 
uh, really weren't that good. And, you know, at the end of the day, you play those teams and you're like, man, that really didn't make us better. That really didn't push us. Um, and, you know, that's when I, I really wanted to start kind of beefing up our schedule a little bit. You know, you look through the years, you know, we played Tuscarora, Virginia, um, who, you know, is one of the top teams in the state of Virginia. Uh, you know, we, we played one year, we played Woodgrove, Virginia, after they won the uh, Virginia State Championship. And everybody was like, why in the heck would you pick them up? They just won like the 4A state championship. But um, we actually beat them the next year. But, uh, you know, they, uh, you know we, we, we played teams like that. You pick up teams. And, you know, I, th- I think those games get you battle-tested for, um, you know, for what's down the line. You know, you, you make it to the playoffs. You're not going to play a team that you're going to beat by 60. You're going to be in a, a tight ball game. So, you know, I think playing the Sarandos, Morgantown, Wheeling Parks, Bridgeport, you know, you, you play that non-conference schedule of all those teams, you know, th- those games don't do anything but make you better, um, and, you know, make you prepared for what you're going to see in the playoff push. And Coach, final one here. Uh, do you know any scenario where you guys would be able to host a game right now sitting at nine? Yeah, if we if we win this, um, you know, Princeton plays Parkersburg South this week and Princeton's above us. So if Parkersburg South beats Princeton, uh, then we would jump Princeton um, and get into the eighth spot. And I think there's one other game that if there's an upset, we could get to seven. I think somebody told me is the highest. But um, so yeah, I, you know, there's there's a chance that we still host the play, host the game, which would be really exciting. But you know, ultimately, kind of like you, you know, I, I think Nick, you mentioned earlier, you know, none of that going to happen if we don't win Friday night so you know we got to take care of our business first and then you know we'll be uh, checking scores and hoping and praying that we get a little bit of help and, and could be at home first round that'd be pretty cool alrighty coach final thoughts uh, I, I don't know you guys you, know, you guys kept me kept me busy kept kept asking a lot so no you, I, I think we I think we covered about everything man alright coach thanks for the time best of luck we'll talk next week yeah appreciate you guys thank you as we're now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. Coach Faircloth, a tough game for your team last week at home. Had a few injuries as well during it, but what were your takeaways overall from the game? I mean, for us, it's getting back to executing and being able to, you know, finish drives and, and stick to the game plan. And when adversity hits, you know, not just folding up shop and, and letting teams do what they want to do. So this week of practice, we're going to find the guys that are willing to fight through adversity and, and stick to the game plan. And those guys are going on the field for us Friday night. And last Friday, the second half, Jackson West, your guys' starting quarterback, was in street clothes on the sideline. It seemed like with an injury, what's the update on his availability for this week? Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to be ready to go. Uh, he just left the office just now. Uh, I mean, he didn't he didn't really have to come out of that game Friday night. It was more or less, you know, he was a little little banged up here and there. And at the end of the day, it, we're fighting for a playoff spot. And we knew if we could get through that game with somewhat healthy, we'd have a chance this week. So we just went ahead and set him out and made sure that, you know, nothing else got worse on him. It's been uh, three straight losses for your team, unfortunately, now. But as you said, still in the hunt for the postseason, potentially for your team team so how have you been able even after the three losses to keep the confidence up for your team to get to the postseason i mean i say it all the time i mean these kids are going to show up they're going to show up no matter what they're going to keep coming they're going to keep working they're going to keep grinding you know we played three pretty pretty tough opponents in those games so for us you know getting to a you know a game where you know they're more you know where we're at as far as health-wise and competition-wise is going to be a, a good thing for us. You know, they're, they're a team that 
has always given us fits in the past. It's always been a tight game. So for us, it's getting back to what we try to do. And we got to finish stuff and we got to stop looking for excuses on, you know, why stuff isn't going our way. This week, you take on Hampshire team coming in three and seven overall. What have you been able to scout from the Trojans this week? I mean, they're your typical Hampshire team. They're going to play hard. They're going to they're give you everything they got. Uh, they run a lot of different formations. Uh, they run, run a lot of different personnel guys on the field. So for us, it's making sure we got the matchups we want and making sure we want to we want to establish what we want to do early on and, and making sure we do that. Who are some guys on their side that have really stood out to you that you want to identify and make sure that you can contain them as much as possible? It's definitely number 10. When he goes to quarterback, he's he's got some speed to him. He's pretty elusive. So anytime he goes to quarterback, we definitely want to know where he's at. And number eight for them is uh, you know a good-looking kid that really plays running back, H-back, quarterback. They put him at wide receiver. He plays DB, outside backer. So knowing where those guys line up, and then they got good size up front. So for us, it's just making sure we know where 10 and 8 is for sure because they're, they're, they can be matchup problems. What are the keys for your team this week to get the win against Hampshire? Come out from the jump and, and, and put pressure on them. Stop letting people put pressure on us to have to fight back and establish the run game, uh, open up the pass game, and, and then fly around and be fast and physical on defense. The last three weeks, we went away from running through tackles, and now because a lot of because we were getting a lot of guys banged up, so now guys are arm tackling. So this week, get back to running through tackles and play fast and physical. And if you guys do get the win this Friday night against Hampshire, it would solidify a playoff spot. And you've been saying all season long it was playoffs were bust for your team this year. So if you attain that goal, how much would it mean to your program, Coach? Uh, it'd definitely be a shot in the arm, sure. You know, these kids, they have work for them. Uh, you look at our schedule. Uh, we went we went through the gauntlet of playing, you know, top five, top ten, pretty much all along. Uh, so for us, you know, being able to get to this this mark of week ten and you're in a meaningful game uh, is big for our program. And to go ahead and go get a win and get ourselves to the playoffs. Like I said before, I think we're a year ahead of where we planned. But I, I definitely want these seniors to go out and, and say they all righty coach faircloth any final thoughts no sir i appreciate everything y'all do all right thank you coach appreciate the time and have a great rest of your day yes sir you too that was colin with head coach matt faircloth for the hedgesville eagles and before that the three of us with head coach for the muscleman appleman brian thomas uh first we'll look at the muscleman appleman they're currently sitting at ninth in the ssac rankings and you heard there at the end of the interview they could go as high as seventh and they're playing Parkersburg this week, I believe four and five on the season. Like Coach Fairclaw, or excuse me, Coach Thomas said, they are uh, they they're better than their record. Yeah, they're a solid team, Parkersburg, and always a good program. So definitely a game that Musselman doesn't want to overlook. You need this win, I think, to build a little bit of momentum heading into the postseason. And um, get to host a playoff game potentially, and. It's actually kind of likely that they could if they get the win yeah. because Princeton should beat Park South, but obviously could, and that would uh, allow Musselman to get that one home playoff game. So we'll see how that plays out. But just in general, you want the momentum um, heading in, even if you end up on the road for the first round. Think about this. So four out of five weeks in the middle of the season from September 16th until October 14th, so a whole month. They had to play, Parkersburg had to play Park South, Cabell Midland, George Washington. Then they had South Charleston, which they won handedly. Then they had Huntington. There's their four losses right there. Or excuse me, then then their fifth loss is Spring Valley. Last week they lost 
Yeah, so I mean they've played a tough schedule too, yeah. and they won't. Uh, definitely not a team that you want to overlook. There, they've so. only given up fourteen more points than they've had than they've scored. They've scored two forty and given up two fifty four. Yeah, you can't. So for take a team Parker's at four and five, lightly. that's a very good team at four and five. Yeah, and with a win, I, I don't know if they'd be able to get up to and sixteen, but they might be able to get this three and one at home this season, one and four on the road. And where are they this week? They're at home. Yeah. So it could be a tough, it, it, t- tough atmosphere up there. It's a good team, and when you're coming off a tough loss, yes, you're angry, but can you build your confidence back up against Parkersburg after the beatdown that you just took from Bridgeport? I, I hope so, because I'd love to see Musselman be able to get that home playoff spot, be a 7-3 and three team, because a loss, you, you never know how far back they fall, because yeah. right now they're only... I believe, let me do the math again, point seventy eight points ahead of number 10 Morgantown, number 10 Wheeling Park, and number 10 Jefferson. Jeez. So a loss, you might be behind them. Cabell Midland, if they could get a win, might end up behind them. You don't know how far back you fall with this loss. I think Musselman wins, though. Uh, you look I at do, Parker's too. Oh, yeah, me this too. season. While they do have a tough schedule in terms of their losses, their wins aren't very impressive. You beat St. Albans, Riverside, uh, South Charleston, and Capital. So all those teams have losing records, and they're uh, only like one or two win teams for all of them. So, uh, you know, that that's something to consider here when you look at Parkersburg's season. And Musselman obviously has some good wins over Morgantown, uh, the Eastern Panhandle teams that they've beaten. So... I think the Appleman win this one by a couple touchdowns, but Parkersburg could keep it close early and, and is a team that you don't want to overlook, but I still think that Musselman's, uh, based on what we've seen so far this season, gets this win. Yeah, I would say that as well. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that game tomorrow night. Nick, we'll keep you updated on that game tomorrow night during halftime and in post game. Uh, then Hedgesville, we'll talk some Hedgesville after had that interview with Matt Faircloth. They're at home for senior day, senior night. They're taking on Hampshire. And uh, it seems to be that Jackson Arrest is good to go. It's precautionary taking him out of that game, which made sense because honestly, at that point, it did. It was at halftime, and they were down quite a few scores. Yeah, after they let after up that the, last two minutes, two late touchdowns yeah. had the two picks that one. It seemed like he got a pretty hard hit on him during that play, so it, it was probably a smart move, and that's why Coach Faircloth did it. So won't question his decision. And hopefully it pays off. Hampshire is a inferior opponent, especially compared to Jefferson. So hopefully it's a win for Hedgesville to put them at five and five in playoff berth. I it's mean, crazy that, that's where what this they've been team, saying. It's crazy where this team was at the beginning of October. Yes, it, it's been tough since then. And the fact that they can make the playoffs after three straight losses in October, and then uh, really. Not back into the playoffs. I don't want to say they backed into the playoffs, but they, in a way, saved themselves. Saved themselves by winning those first three games of the year, and then beating Spring Mills. If they didn't beat Spring Mills, we'd be talking about Spring Mills at sixteen. Yeah, and them at eighteen, having a lot of stuff to happen for them to be able to make the playoffs this year. But they beat Spring Mills. They won a last second chance because they'd be three and six. That's true. So they wouldn't have a chance at the playoffs if they lost that game. But Spring Mills would probably be in, or at least have a really good chance to be in. But 
Um, I'll say this about the Eagles. I think they get this win, first of all. Hampshire's not very good, so if they lose this game, I'd be very surprised, and they'll lock up that playoff spot. But, you know, Hedgesville did what it was supposed to do this season. All their wins are games that you would say they should win. And they were a year ahead of schedule, according to Coach Faircloth. So winning those games, you're taking care of games that you should. Obviously, you'd like to be closer in these games against Musselman and Jefferson, but they're not quite there yet. But they're getting there. They're getting better, and the program is, is turning around. They're going to be a playoff team, I think, this year presuming they're able to beat Hampshire, which, again, they should. Washington beat Hampshire. Jefferson or Hedgesville beat Washington. So it's hard to imagine Hedgesville losing. I mean, Hampshire just – they're 3-7, and seven, but their three wins aren't very impressive. So I think Hedgesville wins this game. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And, you know, you look at the schedule uh, for – they've got three wins. One week one against Preston, uh, one week – four against Parkview out of Virginia and then one two weeks ago against Collins Alma Modern Berkeley Springs a 43 to 29 victory over Berkeley Springs and a Berkeley Springs team that's not very good this year yeah unfortunately and they gave up 29 points mm-hmm. so I think that fly it, Eagles fly <laughs> the Eagles gonna are going to get their a victory way in tonight. To yeah. the playoffs. which it's an, an achievement all itself I think it's an achievement. Even Coach Faircloth said they were a year ahead of schedule. So I think, yeah, it, and they he told us all along this year's playoffs are bust. Well, they're going to make it in the playoffs most likely if they can get a win on Friday night. And I agree. I expect them to get the win at home Senior Day. So everybody hopefully is healthy as well for Hedgesville, so that they can prepare for a tough uphill battle if they do get into the playoffs, which we all three believe they will. But if it's that 16 seed. You play the one seed, that means. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Rossini's Home Store. Not just a appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living in his family. Owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, we'll talk a little MLB, NFL. We didn't really talk trade deadline yesterday, and more Dan Snyder news comes out. We'll talk about that when we come back on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes. Hear from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix this fall. They really showed that they have a lot of grit. They can play with just about anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. Our senior leadership stepped up and said his playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. Never solidify some things. I really think the key for our team is the control. They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night. The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you as always. Well, let's start talking about uh, some baseball. So, was this the second time in the World Series ever a no-hitter is pitched last night? It's pretty big news, guys. Yeah, it's the craziness of baseball. A team can go from 
absolutely killing one team, having five home runs in a game, and then the next day being no hit by that yeah. same team. That's Crazy. that's what makes baseball fun. It all depends on who's in the lineup that night and who's pitching that night. And I believe it was a combined four pitchers for Houston, I think, is what I heard, to uh, get the no-hitter against the Phillies to even up the series. Wouldn't surprise me there. I think it was Verlander in the mix last night. No, Verlander's today. Okay. Uh, yes, four pitchers. It was ha- Javier, Javier. Ja- Javier, Abreu, Montero, and Presley. Six, one, one, and one. Total combined strikeouts of 14, three walks on the night. Uh, 141 pitches between the four of them. Yeah, and the other crazy thing is, is this is still a 2-2 series. So, like, the Phillies could be one of the, as you mentioned, only the second time it's happened in the World Series and still end up winning the World Series, even though yeah. you got no hit in it, which is kind of crazy. Um, but that's kind of how this this series hasn't really had a good game yet in terms of, like, final score. Really. I mean, game one was pretty good. Yeah, this but- is starting to remind me of the, the Nats World Series run because it seems like each team is taking one at the other person's place. And we'll find out tonight who gets that other one Game one was six five. Yeah, when the Phillies came back. That's true. That that game was good, but it, I mean, the vast majority of it wasn't close. So I don't know. We haven't really had like that. There's Pitchers been a lot of dual. runs school, scored. It seems yeah. like at least on one side for the most part. Yeah. Huh? So Trying to look at tonight. T- tonight. We might have a pitchers duel. I mean, it's Verlander Syndergaard. All right, we'll so. see. Last game in Philly. Big game five. Are you hammering the bell, Colin? Or ring no, I, I'm still taking. Are we going Houston. seven? I, I've been saying seven, so yeah, I, I'll take Houston seven, in seven. I'm sticking by it. Houston in seven. I think Phillies in seven. So, I mean, I picked the Phillies earlier. And whoever wins tonight, though, I mean, it's the game five is obviously usually determines most series and most sports. So it's a very important game. Yeah, it is a very important game tonight, and you mentioned Verlander on the bump tonight for uh, the Astros, and it's Noah Syndergaard for the Phillies. That's first pitch at 8.03 once again on Fox. That's going to be a big one tonight. And then if they – or when they go for game six, that'll be Saturday, 8.03 p.m., and then I believe they're going to go up against Sunday Night Football on Sunday if they have to go seven games. I think that's it for Game 7. Yeah, Game 7 would yeah. be Sunday at 8.03 against Sunday Night Football. I was about to say they're going up against Thursday Night Football tonight with the yeah, but same two cities Last going up night they went up against the Wizards and the 76ers, yeah. which was a win for the Wiz. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Nick, why are we black on TV? I have no idea. Comcast must be down. I guess Comcast is down. Apologies to Reset the terror deck. Uh, Colin is going to go fix us on TV, but uh, let's talk more NFL trade deadline as we didn't really get a lot to talk about that yesterday, Nick. uh, We talked about the big Dan Snyder story. We'll get into that again as well later on, but uh, a lot of trades going down. A historic day in terms of trades that went down yesterday, 10, which is an NFL record for the deadline. So the deadline used to be really nothing, it seems like, in the NFL in the last few years, it's just picked up that teams are willing to make moves here at the deadline, and there were a lot of big ones. Some of the teams that we cover obviously made moves. We already talked about Roman they made a move Smith. with each other. 
Yeah, the commanders, the commanders the traded William did. Jackson the third to the Steelers for a late round co- uh, compensatory pick. Uh, did you see the big contract extension that Nick Chubb or Bradley Chubb got? Excuse me, after being traded from the uh, Broncos to the Dolphins. I did. People Five are, year, hundred and ten million dollar deal with incentives that can boost it to one hundred and eleven point two five. Bradley Chubb is a good player, but it seems like people are just completely. It's a good shot of me on the screen right now. Yeah, but, no, uh, <laughs> it came back right as I unplugged the Teradek to reset it. So oh, it, it froze, and then now it's going to go black. But it will come back in a few minutes, I promise. All I right. apologize for those watching on TV 10. Well, as I was saying, people, I think, are overrating this Bradley Chubb move slightly. Uh, you know, RG3 was like, oh, the Dolphins can punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. I'm like, eh, let's let's relax here. Bradley Chubb is a good player, but... He also said he's, he's going to be a minority player. owner of uh, the Washington Commanders. Who said that, RG3? Yeah, RG3. Yeah, you and not, me and 10 others is what he said. Yeah, he said they don't have to pay, but then he posted a video saying that he had a $100 million offer out of one we of We don't teams. want a minority owner because we'll get into that later on. But, uh, yeah, I want a full sale. Yeah, all right. Let's talk more. But just talk about this Bradley Chubb. Let's let Nick get back to what he was saying. Sorry. I was just saying that hyping it up quite a bit. I think he's a good player. It's a, definitely a good move for the Dolphins. They lack in pass rush. I think they're 31st in the league in sacks with only 15 this season. So they needed something, but let's not overrate Bradley Chubb. He's a good player, but is he a game changer? It's not like they got Lawrence Taylor in his prime, okay? Like, let's relax a little bit here. It's not a Dolphins Super Bowl move, but... I don't know. Tua said Finn's, quote, not afraid to talk about Super Bowls. I mean, they, I guess they shouldn't be afraid of it, but they still got to go through Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and, of course, I'd still put the Ravens over the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins beat the Ravens uh, talent-wise. I think Baltimore's a better team, so we'll have to wait and see, but let's relax on Super Bowl. I feel like that was the biggest move of the day, though. It was. I would agree with that. And that was a late move, wasn't it? Yeah, was it, was somewhat, move? it was one of the last moves on the deadline. What was the late move with the Bills? Um, The Bills got a running back. They got a... Oh, Naheem Hines. Hines. There it is. Yeah, I know that was a, that was real, that was like a 3.58 p.m. deal. There we go. We're back. There you go. Uh, uh, Claypool going to the Bears, I think, was kind of interesting. I think that was a great move for the Steelers because it's... Chase Claypool for a second round pick to me is a steal. I know they drafted Claypool in the second round, but it was like mid second round when they got him, and they end up getting what will probably be an early second round pick from the Bears uh, for a guy that seems to have not gotten better, but really has gotten worse in some ways when you look at his production uh, since his rookie season when people thought he was going to be really good and he hasn't really turned up much or improved much since then so i think for the steelers that's a good move to get but maybe that'll change because of the scheme you never know what will happen in chicago it's probably doubtful he'll be the number one wide receiver but i think fields is getting better i think it's still a good move for the bears but i think the steelers in the long term probably work out pretty well for them well it's signaling that they're going to go full rebuild mode here yeah but I agree. It's a good move for the Steelers to, as you said, Nick, get a second-round draft pick for Claypool. And if the Bears continue to struggle, it might be an early second-round draft pick. And we know that the Steelers are really good at drafting guys. Yeah. That has been a strength for that franchise 
for a long time. It seems like no matter what round it is, they are able to find a diamond in the rough. So that's been the thing, though. Their their first round picks haven't hit as much as they'd like to. Yeah. As of late, their later round picks have hit pretty well. Like Claypool, you could even consider a second round. Getting him in the second round was pretty good, but like Devin Bush really didn't work out. Kenny Pickett has. It's too early to tell on him, but uh, Jarvis Jones, that's going back a few years, but they haven't had a ton of consistency with the first-rounders. So I think that's going to be important for them moving forward. If they're going to go into this true rebuild, you need to hit on those first-round picks. That's true. That is very true. Uh, Commanders, Chase Young practices yesterday for the first time since the ACL tear. He is There's like a 99% chance he will not play this sunday but he's looking to make his season debut next monday night 99 <laughs> percent wasn't sure if you meant to do that or not. no uh 99 percent for number 99 that was unintentional but he's i believe that's about a year so if he makes his debut i think it was week 10 last year so yeah just about because he'll make it monday november 14th which i think is about a year from when he mm-hmm. got hurt that's good, a good sign for the Commanders, uh, but not a good sign for the Commanders. Well, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, but if you're, if you're a fan, it's a very good sign. Uh, not only could Dan Steiner be selling the team, but uh, he could potentially be going to jail after he sells the team. As yesterday afternoon, or I'd say late evening, uh, it was announced via an ESPN article and then confirmed by the uh, federal authorities that uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into allegations that the Washington commanders engaged in financial improprieties that stemming from the House Oversight Committee investigation. Two sources familiar with that matter confirmed to ESPN on Wednesday. Yeah, so it all makes sense now as to why the Snyders have come out. Because they wanted to be the story. to sell the team because they probably were informed that that story was coming out and they were like all right here it comes the feds are after us we got to do this now otherwise it's going to look way worse if we do it after the story comes out so obviously being a washington fan i'm happy in the fact that the snyders are selling but even though i dislike the snyders and the ownership i'll give them a little bit of credit for being smart in that situation of doing it before this uh, federal investigation for criminal activity in the Snyders running the organization came out, but it's a fun one. Yeah, it's definitely be interesting to see if he faces it, it all any makes jail sense time now. from it. It does make sense. Uh, got Thursday night football. You can tune into on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, that'll be after the Neil Brown Coaches Show from six to eight. You can tune in at eight p.m. from Westwood One as the Eagles travel to NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, to take on the Texans. The Philadelphia Eagles are favored by thirteen and a half in this one. Obviously, I think we're all picking the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. It'd be They're crazy to lose eventually. It's in Houston, but not tonight. Not tonight. But I, I want to go back. I guess they're not bound to. They could win all their games. Right? To this criminal investigation quickly. What? Because if you remember, we kind of saw this coming because how many months ago was it that we heard the rumor or the story about there potentially being a second uh, book that was kept oh, yeah, into yeah. the financial records for Washington? Yeah, but none of that. Remember, none of that was true. Seems like it might be. Yeah, I don't know. 
But uh, we're all picking the Eagles tonight big over the Texans, correct? Maybe probably. not big, but probably. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I'm not either. I don't have prime. I'm going to watch the World Series. No, you're not. You're going to be calling salt After or volleyball. volleyball. All right, that'll do for this segment. It it was in my head like that, sorry. It's okay. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. You can always buy your car online at HagerstownFord.com. The dealership of Tyson Bajan, the official dealership of Tyson Bajan, Shepard Rams quarterback. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. When we come back, we'll talk Wizards and Caps. Caps in a big injury situation. Wizards get a win last night over the 76ers. Talk about that when we get back and we wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. As always, as we wrap up this Thursday edition of the Sports Mix, and uh, we'll talk some Wizards and some Capitals. First, the Wizards. They beat the Embiidless 76ers 30 Uh from who's Porzingis? Chris Taps Porzingis. KP. KP, yeah. I usually just see Porzingis, not KP. And not Ma- KP3. For a minute, KP made me think KCP because that's all I saw last year, but he is not on the team anymore. And 29 from Bradley Beal. Uh, it's a big win for the Wizards. They got a dose of revenge for Monday as they went into Philly to defeat the 76ers 121-111. They're now back to 504-4. Uh, yeah. Three-point three line was still an issue for the Was Wizards. he at the World Non-COVID Series game? Non-COVID illness. Yeah. He was at the World Series game. I doubt it. They are still bad from beyond the arc, 19-36. They were outscored 57-15 from three. Uh, yeah. Not good. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the end. So, it was a good win for the Wizards. Um, and Bradley Beal and Porzingis, you know, combining for those 59 points, uh, trying to be one of the top duos in the league this year. Doc Rivers thinks that they could be. So there you go. I don't know about that. I think that's a little bit of a stretch potentially. But, I mean, they are both former All-Stars. Porzingis has had those injuries. So if he can stay healthy, he has the talent to be a dynamic player in the league. And we know Bradley Beal, when he's healthy, uh, is a pretty good you know, All-Star caliber player. So uh, with those two leading the team and playing like they did last night, they can pull off those kind of wins, but also without Embiid in the paint, um, that really opened up things for the Wizards to get a lot of the points in the paint. Cause like yeah, you said, 68 the, points in the paint compared to 38 for yeah. the 76ers. I mean, 30-point difference. Is crazy. And like you said, they weren't shooting the ball well from three while Philly was shooting the ball well from three. Uh, so but they shot almost factor. 58% in field goals. Yeah. So you'll take it. And it's a good win for Washington. I agree. Now you get to play the Nets. We'll see if uh, Ime Udoka is there yet for Brooklyn. He's suspended still no matter what. I know. 
But that is no. A he's crazy just, you know he was suspended by the organization, not the NBA. I oh, really? So I I thought that was the case, but maybe that's why they. That's why I think they're hiring him. Yeah, because he okay. the the he Celtics killed? owner suspended him. I'm uh, although it's bad from a morality standpoint. Yeah, for sure. But it seem like the Nets care about those. <laughs> Well, they did. <laughs> it's quite obvious. They did donate five hundred thousand for whatever it's worth to, along with Kyrie Irving to anti hate or whatever. I I don't semitism. No, know. they didn't download. They didn't. They didn't donate toward supporting that. Colin, that'd be kind of messed up. But the group anti that is what I mean. Anti anti. All right, I'm gonna stop you guys yeah. right there. We don't, <laughs> don't need know. to continue hey, this, this conversation. Uh, the Capitals, anti. they're very injured. Very, very injured. Did you see that They're that I sent old. you? Uh, they have placed TJ Oshie, John Carlson, Beck Man- Melenstein on IR. They shifted Connor Brown, who's out eight to ten months. They've shifted him to long-term IR. They've recalled forward Sony Milano and Garrett Pelion, as well as defenseman Lucas Johansson from AHL Hershey. Uh, I saw – I can't remember where it is now – but I saw a tweet. I think it might have been the Washington Post story of how much money is on the IR for the Capitals right now. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Let me see if I can get you the number real fast here. But again, tonight on Talk Radio WRNR uh, 106.5 FM and AM 740 from 6 to 8, the Neil Brown Coaches Show. Then Thursday Night Football as the Eagles are at the Texans. And then on TV 10. WRNR TV on YouTube, 645 pregame, 7 p.m. game time for EPAC Volleyball. Section 1 Championship is number one. Musselman host number two, Hedgesville. Uh, $35 million is on cap is on the IR right now. Isn't that crazy, guys? $35 million on the IR. I wish I had that much money. Yeah. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, thanks, as always, for catching up with these EPAC football coaches, Brian Thomas and Uh, Matt Faircloth, that'll do for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.